Welcome to Insider Coaching for Educators, where we explore the insider knowledge that coaches gain from doing the work with diverse groups of teachers and educational leaders. Join us in mindfulness practice and conversation to delve into those pieces of insider knowledge that we've all learned along the way. Whether you've been coaching for one month or for 20 years, we're so glad you're here and we're thrilled to be learning with and from you. Hey, it's Nicole and Laura. We're back again with our podcast for coaches by coaches. This episode, uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about a kind of a stickier uh, topic, which is what happens when you're, what you're being asked to do as a coach comes into conflict with your core values and beliefs. You'll remember that in the prior two episodes, we talked about why having and being able to clarify those core values and beliefs is so important for effective coaching work. So buckle up. This one's going to be good. Before we delve into today's conversation, we're going to share one of the pieces of coaching wisdom that you, our community, has shared with us. Andrea Fuller is a middle school coach in Oregon, Wisconsin, and I, Laura, have had the honor of working with Andrea for a few years now. She says, be humble, be vulnerable, and be true to your values. I find the little things can make a big difference, so don't get too big for your britches. Andrea, I just love that, and it very much captures everything I've learned from you and about you as we've worked together. Thanks so much for sharing that. And now, as always, Nicole will lead us in a mindfulness practice that can help us lean into the present moment. Welcome to today's mindfulness practice. Wherever you are, press your feet firmly into the ground. Place one hand on your heart, and, it's, and if it's safe for you to do so, close your eyes. Notice how without your thoughts or your actions, your body breathes itself. Let each of your breaths take you further inward so that you can meet yourself just as you are today, not as you hope to be tomorrow, not as you wish you could have been yesterday, not as your administrator or colleagues or family hopes that you would be but just as you are right now. And know that in this moment, you are enough, you are worthy, you deserve ease, peace, and love. Press down through your feet, Lift up through your heart. Release your hand and open your eyes. All right, I think this is going to be a 
uh, a hard one in a lot of ways, Laura. I think this is this is where we start getting a little bit more personal, maybe, and a little less theoretical. I agree, Nicole. And these are really hard conversations to have, and these are really hard situations when you're in the midst of them as a coach. Yes. And I think it's so great that we're having these conversations because there's just not a lot of other coaches out there. So you can really start to feel like you're alone and you're the only one who's having these conflicts when you're not. No. And um, these conflicts emerge in a lot of different ways in a lot of different spaces. Um, I was very recently coaching a high school, interdisciplinary high school teacher team. And one of the things I talked about with um, the school-based coach after our team session was how do you attend in the time of COVID Mm -hmm. um, in a time that is particularly difficult for teachers? How do you attend to the needs of your teammates while also prioritizing the needs of the broader organization? Where do you create space for check-ins and for reaching out to people who you know are going through difficult times, whether it be in the classroom, in the school, or outside of the classroom? And how do you ensure that you strike a right balance between that genuine desire to care for your fellow human beings and the need to support the school or instructional goals? Yes. And to also ensure that those check-in spaces stay productive. Yes, that's actually protect, per, particularly hard for me um, because I tend to err on the side of wanting to make sure that teachers feel supported mm-hmm. and comfortable and valued. And because of that, um, I tend to sometimes spend a little bit too much time in that space mm-hmm. uh, and need to sometimes be reminded and remind myself of what my role is in a particular moment as a coach. And and I really struggle with that because, you know, a huge part of me says the struggles that these teachers are dealing with right now are far more important than any protocol that I'm going to bring <laughs> to their team. Yeah. Yet that's what I'm hired to do. Right. And also... Like, as much as I am very much, you know, it's all about heart feeling like the deeper human. Also, there there comes a place where that isn't helpful anymore either. Like the conversation is not helping anyone grow or better understand themselves. It's just become a dumping ground. And so sometimes it's also about protecting the other people on the team and their experience just as much as the, you know, like balancing everyone's needs, I think is, is a real challenge. Right. And, and add to that, that your primary role as a coach is to help guide people or transport people, right? From one place to the next, to that next space that they want, where they want to be as an educator. 
And we can't do that unless we are focused on what's happening within their classrooms. And I, I feel so strongly about that. But again, it's one of the hardest challenges I think I personally deal with within my own teaching is that my, you know, sometimes I'm more inclined to spend more time on the personal piece that we have no control over. Right. And I think about, and you and I had this conversation earlier, Nicole, about um, the circle of control versus the circle of influence that Stephen Covey mm-hmm. kind of first um, published and has become a very popular tool for many people, particularly in the business world, to use. So that's really guided me in thinking, what, what do I have true, as a coach, what do I truly have control over and what can I in terms of helping this teacher at this moment yes I think that that is I think that's one of the challenges of coaching like you have to hold both the long-term view and the immediate at the same time and sort of constantly play with the tension of of where you need to focus and what needs to be the most important in that moment which again, I think comes back to knowing your why. You know, if your number one thing is changing systems, then there's a there's a different focus in any given moment than someone whose number one thing is individual growth, right? Like there's a there's a tension there. And I think that's sometimes where we find that conflict, where what we're being asked is on a different side of that tension than where we want to be. I agree. And it comes back to um, episode two when we talked about kind of what our own personal whys are. And my own why is as a coach is driven by the need to ensure that the teachers I'm working with feel valued and respected. And so I do need to attend, acknowledge, Mm -hmm. and at least acknowledge um, and care about them and and acknowledge what's going on, you know, that might be contributing to their state, you know, during the moment when we're talking together or um, as they enter a team meeting. Um, And... I also need to remember that my role is to take their and to help them work together to improve their instruction. Yeah. And do you have experiences where that's like really been a conflict for you where you've really just thrown one of those two things out, like sort of thrown your role aside or like betrayed your values in some way or not done something because it would have been a betrayal of your values? Uh, I would say many a time. (laughs) And part of what I'm able to say no to now is because of situations I was in in the past that really just felt yucky. You know, they didn't Mm -hmm. feel right. Um, And one, one that was a really defining moment for me was when I was asked really as a consultant, not as a coach, but to, um, lead a professional development session for uh, high school teachers in, in a Chicago public school. And I was brought in from the outside to do it. And it was very clear when I got there that what I was asked to present about had 
really no coherence with other priorities that the student that the teachers were dealing with. Mm-hmm. And um, I and I also got there, and one teacher pulled me aside and said, "We just want to let you know that if some of us seem distracted, it's not because of you. It's because grades are due at eleven thirty, and your session is supposed to end at 11. Oh, nice. In that moment, I felt horrible. I felt like I was betraying that core value that I have is that teachers should be valued and respected. And me being there at that moment to talk to them, even if it was about an important topic and it was about content area literacy, which I'm very passionate about, um, that, that did not value them or respect them as professionals yeah, or as human beings who, of course, were stressed because grades were due the, you know, 30 minutes later. So... That was a really defining moment for me. So even though it was a really, really uncomfortable moment, I'm glad I had it because I made a commitment at the end of that day. I will never again say yes to a one shot professional development session that is not connected in some way to the existing school priorities. Um, or learning targets that teachers have already been working towards. And because most of my work is as a coach, I feel most comfortable when I am allowed and have an opportunity to follow up with those teachers. So I really um, still have discomfort when I'm asked to do something that is a one-shot opportunity. And I often now am more likely to say no to those. How about you? I, well, I really liked what you said about that you appreciated having times when that conflict happened because I think oftentimes we don't really know what is going to be the right thing to do until we do the wrong thing. That is such an important point, Nicole. And although it feels horrible while we're in the middle of it, um, those moments can be the most instructive. Yeah. I mean, that's for me, I spent a long time coaching a team that was just not in a position to be, they weren't ready. They weren't ready to be coached. They weren't even ready to be working collaboratively in a lot of ways. And I spent such a long time like fighting it. And, you know, I, I, dug into all sorts of different work about like, what is this? And I looked at that, um, the mind, the gap tool that at the time that I was doing it, Elena Aguilar is where I saw it. It's not her work necessarily, but it's that you could have a skill gap, a knowledge gap, a capacity gap, or a will gap. And, you know, I was like, spending so much of my energy figuring out where the gap was and what was going on. And then she's recently come out with a change to it where she's added a cultural competence and an emotional intelligence piece to it. And that was just really like mind blowing to me because I had spent all this time, like I'm doing something wrong. I can't get this group to work. I care so much about getting them to you know, be able to like do these things, to do this common planning that we were asked to do, to plan with um, a specialist so that we were being more proactive about the services that we were delivering to students, to be considering all sorts of different groups of students, all things that were very much 
in my values, but we're actually in conflict with another value of mine, which is like my health and well-being is of the utmost importance. And if I am not emotionally well, then I'm not going to be able to coach very well. And I think once I, I went into my principal's office and I was like, totally ready to like have to break down in tears and fight a lot to have this happen. And I was like, look, I just, I think I need to take a break from this particular team for a little while. You know, I had all of these, I've tried this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And I just, and I've never felt so lucky to have an understanding administrator. Cause he just looked at me. He was like, Nicole, if you think you need a break, then you need a break. And that's fine. You'll come back when you're ready. And I walked out of there like with the biggest sense of relief I had had in a long time in my teaching career. I just felt so happy to have not betrayed myself for these values that I have that are really important but also that weren't being acknowledged by the people I was working with. Well, and in that situation, your principle validated yeah. the concerns that you had, that you had spent a tremendous amount of time trying to address. Yes. And I, I feel super lucky about that because I know oftentimes people's stories about that conflict tend to be with an administrator or somewhere someone higher up the food chain. And I certainly have plenty of those stories as well. But in this particular instance, it was, it was really nice to feel completely supported. And I want to carry that line of thinking a little bit because I, like you, I had a very, very supportive principal when I first started coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about this in episode one, how we both kind of built our coaching programs from the ground up. We were the first titled coaches in our buildings. And I remember saying her name was Jan Borja. um, And she was really an incredible, um, incredibly wise leader. And um, unfortunately, she passed away too early um, a few years ago from breast cancer. And she still lives in my heart. And um, there was, for her, relationships mattered more than anything else. And she lived that every day. Mm-hmm. And I remember going into her when I, I proposed the idea of starting an interdisciplinary literacy team at my school. And I remember saying to her, Jan, but what if I fail? <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, Laura, she's like, then you'll come right back in this office. You'll sit on that couch, whereas where I was sitting at the moment, mm-hmm. and we'll figure it out together. And I, I just... Administrators, if you're listening, (laughs) you play such an important role in helping not only determine whether a coaching program is effective, but whether a coach feels supported and valued. So thank you for everything that you're doing in that vein right now. Yeah, because it's a lonely job. It's a really lonely job. And it's especially if you're making the transition Mm -hmm. between from teacher. Yes. It's lonely and it's uncomfortable at first. 
Yeah. And I think that it's just, there's just not a, you know, there's not, most buildings have a coach. So maybe you're getting together with colleagues from your district or colleagues from the area, but you're not able to really have these conversations with anyone else necessarily because of the confidentiality concerns that are often inherent in coaching. You're right. And, um, and I think I know that this topic is going to come up over and over in different ways. Um, I think that it has certainly contributed to the insider knowledge that Nicole and I have gained because again, those conflicts are what help clarify sometimes what those, you know, what it is that you believe is most important for your coaching work. So we invite you to lean into those conflicts when they happen. And know that you're not alone. Yep. As always, at the end of each episode, we're going to ask you to share a piece of insider knowledge that you've gained in your coaching experience. Please share them with us on our social, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or check us out on our website, Insider Coaching for Educators with the number four. See you next episode.